podcast. I'm glad you're here. Remember what it was like back in graduate school, or maybe you still are in grad school. Today's episode is part of the CSD Graduate Students Journey Series. In this series, I talk to students who are either in school or fresh into their clinical fellowship year. We talk and cover real subjects like how to get into graduate school, how to find and prepare for a medical internship, thoughts on teletherapy from a student's perspective, and lots more. Get ready for some real conversations with SLP students who are at the very beginning of their careers. Welcome to this episode of the Missing Link for SLPs podcast. Today, we are meeting with somebody really fun. I'm going to call her the boss lady because that's what her interview is all about today, how to land that dream job. Let me introduce you to Kristen Winter, and here is her bio. She says, hello, I've been practicing speech pathology for over 20 years with a focus on adult neurorehabilitation, and I'm passionate about advocacy and education for patients and their families. I am the lead speech-language pathologist at Cleveland Clinic Martin Health in Southeast Florida and owner of a small private practice, SpeechRx. I'm the facilitator of a thriving stroke support group serving individuals, families, and caregivers after discharge from the hospital. I'm a member of the Medical SLP Collective and the Inner Circle Leadership Program this year. I am also a volunteer with the Dysphagia Outreach Project and assistant facilitating the Dysphagia Digest of Sarasota, a dysphagia support group. I have interviewed many speech pathologists over the years, including new grads, CF applicants, and seasoned SLPs. I enjoy the interview process and always seem to learn a little something new with everyone I interview. I truly love our field and believe we can make a tremendous impact on the lives of our patients. Outside of work, I love to spend time at the beach, exercise, and watch college sports. So hello, Kristen. Welcome to The Missing Link. Hi, how are you? I'm good. It's great to have you here. I just read your bio so everybody knows all about you. Well, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here tonight. I called you the boss lady because you have lots and lots of experience interviewing people. Um, So you've got some really great feedback and insight into that for us today, right? Yes, I do. I'm ready to share. All right. Tell us first, this is a question I love to ask because I often talk to speech pathologists further down their career and they're burned out and things like that. And they forget the reason why they became a speech pathologist in the first place. So I'd love to hear why people went into our field. Can you share with us why you became a speech pathologist? Sure. Um, Well, so it goes back really to college and you know I thought I wanted to be a teacher like I think a lot of speech pathologists do at first and then um, it was actually my father um, he's an optometrist and he had a patient who was a speech pathologist and he said you know I think you should go shadow her you know over over one of your over your one of one of your breaks I think you would you know love this field you're still in the school so anyway I did I fell in love of course and I, I said, you know what? I'm changing from my a teaching degree to speech pathology. I went into that and, um, you know, loved all my coursework. But then um, 
you know, I was kind of hemming and hawing. Do I go more into the schools? And I like working um, with the um, challenged kids. Um, or do I go more in the adult realm? And I got a CFY uh, in a SNF. And the rest is history. And so I've been working um, pretty much, I would say, 95% of my career with um, adults. But I just, I love the neuro population. Um, I love working, um, you know, with the adult population. And I just, uh, I think it's just a super, super rewarding field. I would totally agree. And there's so many things that we can do in our field. It's just, it's great the, the places we can go, the things that we can do. That's right. So you've, you've done a lot in your career and you have hired a lot of speech pathologists and have you fired any? Um, well, I haven't fired um, personally, um, but through HR, we have had to let a few people go over the years. So we are going to talk today about the hiring process. My husband's yeah. a plant manager and he always has firing stories. We don't want to hear about those, but it does happen. So we're going to focus on the positive side of how to land your dream job. Okay. So first question for you then is how, what's one of the first things to do when you're thinking about getting your dream job? Um, well, I think first, um, you know, put together just a, fantastic dynamic resume uh, you know you really want to sell yourself and everything that you've done in your schooling um, and your internships and you know some of them call them your externships um, you know all the shadowing experiences that you've done and really just sell yourself you know have a great cover letter really strong cover letter um, you know telling your the company or the school you know why you would be such a great fit and, uh, you know, just let your resume um, speak for itself and really, and really shine. Any specific things to be sure to include in that resume? Um, well, I do think it is very important to, like I was saying, highlighting all of your um, experiences um, and your internships, but also, you know, the CEU courses. Um, you know, I know that, you know, the, the CS do not get CE credit until, um, you know, they, until they have their fees, but, you know, um, get onto webinars and, and just, and just really feed yourself with lots and lots of knowledge with whichever, you know, field, um, you decide to go in, whether you decide to work with adults or children, or if you decide to do both. I was hoping you'd say something like that because when I work with students or when I've been the speech pathologist looking over resumes to hire somebody, the CEU uses one of the places where I go and I look and I see how focused they are with their, how have they spent their time? Have they thoughtfully choose, chosen these courses that are going to get them where they want to go in their field? Um, have they done them throughout the year or have they waited to the end of the 30 um, or the three years to fit all of them in? Then I know they're not trying to stay based on um, evidence-based practice, but they're just doing it more to get it done. But um, maintaining those courses and selecting those courses that take them where they want to go. Yes, I agree. How about a cover letter? What have you seen in cover letters that stand out at you? Um, you know, I like to almost 
feel the energy, you know, that, that comes from someone, you know, using, you know, very, um, positive, um, you know, positive words, um, you know, using a team approach, um, innovative. And like you were saying too, that they're just very passionate about using evidence-based, um, practice, you know, in their work. Um, so I, I think it's interesting when you do read a cover letter, you know, and then you meet someone that often it does, it does match their personality. Now that I didn't, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What words of advice do you have for the speech pathologist who isn't bubbly and naturally mm-hmm. effervescent, but who is more reserved and more of an introvert? Hmm. Well, right. I, not everyone has to be um, super bubbly, but I think um, just coming across um, knowledgeable um, and even if you don't have a lot of experience, you know, you can say that, but, but say what coursework you've taken, you know, which, um, you know, professors or colleagues, you know, you admire or, you know, which, uh, you know, research articles and things like that you studied and, and just how you're just hoping to, you know, somehow, you know, land this job so that you can, you know, further improve your skills. Now, one of the things um, that you and I did in preparation for this interview was you sent me a very comprehensive list of questions and things to discuss today. And your very first topic in there was all of the things to research and questions for the person who's doing the interview, who the interviewee um, can ask. Can you talk about some of those things? Sure. Questions should we think about if we are going to the job interview? So I would, um, you know, really suggest just coming to that interview prepared um, and doing a little research on the company. And, you know, Google is just so great where you can just, you know, look up that company or that school or that private practice and just know a bit about them. You know, don't, don't show up for the interview really not knowing anything about them, just that, you know, that they're a, hospital or that they're a school, you know, what are they, what are they really specialized in? Um, uh, you know, I think it's good to ask, you know, how many other SLPs, um, work here and then do they have, you know, other, uh, other therapists that work there, uh, PTs or OTs or other support staff. Um, you know, if you're interviewing at a hospital, you know, ask, are they a primary or a comprehensive stroke center? Because that's very important, you know, for speech pathologists. Um, you ask whether they perform fees or if they perform, um, um, MBSs, um, or follow studies, or if they do both. Um, you know, maybe what evaluations do they use or what do they like to use? Do they expect you to use, you know, their, um, evaluations or their screens? Um, I think it's also important to ask, you know, so what is a day like, um, for me? How many, how many patients do you expect me to see in the hospital or, or how many, you know, in, a, in an outpatient setting or if you're in a school, you know, how many students will I be seeing? You know, are there lots of groups? Are they individual? Um, just, you know, questions like that, you know, so it lets the interviewer know that you're uh, really you know, committed and, and, you know, and thought this through and, um, and that you know what you want. 
I like that response. Um, you do want to come across that you're knowledgeable about where you're going and you're not just taking a job just to get a job. But That's you're taking right. this job because this is where you want to be working. Yeah. So what about, I know we're in COVID times right now um, and so much of our stuff is done on Zoom, but what about interviewing? What should a person wear? Right. So lots of interviews are um, now, you know, on Zoom or on Skype or FaceTime. I did do an interview months ago um, on FaceTime and it actually, and it worked out, it worked out great. Um, you know, but I just suggest, you know, just really look professional, look tidy. Um, you know, a lot of, if you do have another job and you do have to, you know, run from that job and you're wearing your scrubs, just, you know, make sure you just look, you know, pressed and, 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 you know, your hair looks nice and, you know, whether a male or female, but he's really, um, you know, look, look put together or put something on that really makes you um, stand out and look, you know, look like a professional. I just, I find that that's important. And, and then the other really big suggestion I have is because I had this happen <laughs> um, in an interview was I said, please, please resist looking at your cell phone and turn it on do not disturb mode or silence it. I literally, I had an interview where she got three different phone calls within the interview and kept stopping the interview when we were midway in conversation and stopping the interview. And I thought, Oh my goodness. And she was just so distracted and I felt badly and I didn't know if there was something going on, but Oh, it's like, please just put the, put the phone away for that half hour or however long the the interview is. (laughs) Don't look distracted. Don't look distracted. (laughs) Be focused on that. And also, if it's a virtual interview, watch for your background. That's right. Absolutely. I've had some funny stories with people coming on to meet with me. And yeah, we've all seen those Zooms (laughs) where the backgrounds aren't appropriate. So I was doing a podcast just a little while ago. And um, all of a sudden, it's just... This this whirling comes on, and my husband's downstairs. We're in the process of moving. He's drilling out a lock, <laughs> and I had to stop the podcast to to get that out of there. So, let everybody else also in the house know what you've got going on, or wherever you're at um, for that interview, and stay focused. Good, good, good. Um, so here it is. Resist looking at your phone during the interview. Turn it off or in the do not disturb mode. So what about talking yourself up? How does that yeah. happen? How do you do that in an interview? Right. So I think especially if it's, you know, your, one of your first interviews, you know, after you've graduated, um, you know, you've um, finished all of your grad school work, whether it's for your, your CFY position or then after you've gotten your um, C's, um, just really try to talk and brag about yourself. You know, a lot of people have a hard time talking mm-hmm. about their accomplishments and, and sort of, and bragging about themselves, but you really, really do need to try to shine here, you know, without being too overly boastful, of course, but, but just really try to shine, you know, um, try not to be too di- shy, even if, you know, if that is more your nature, but, you know, um, but discuss, like I was saying before, that co- the coursework, internship, you know, what, what have you done so far um, that, that makes, you know, you really stand out? Good advice. 
very good advice because you are going into an interview to sell yourself. That's you right. are trying to set yourself apart from the other speech pathologists who may be interested in the same position. And I know in the business world, we have a term called differential marketing, where what is it that sets our course apart from everybody else's courses or our program or our business? And this is what we do in the interviews. We need to set ourselves apart and beyond. I heard an interesting quote the other day. Success is done by people who stand out, not blend in. And I thought that was a very good quote. And it's the same with the interviews. You need to stand out at the interviews. One of the ways you can do that is earlier you were mentioning some words to put in resumes. Mm-hmm. And you dropped about five of them. And I just wished I had a pen and a pencil beside mm-hmm. me, pen and paper to write them down. Um, another way to really stand out in those interviews is to have a list of, of those words that you want to be sure that you're using in that interview. Um, some of those high impact words or those passion words that, that you know, drive a point home. How about um, goals? Should you mention goals in an interview? Sure. I think it's great to uh, talk about your, your goal for that, for that year or, and then even your three to five year goals. Um, you know, that's often a question um, that we may ask, but I think, you know, it's great if, if the, um, if the interviewee, you know, just it talks about that and, and that, and that kind of shows the interviewer what your true, you know, interests are and what your, what your passion is about and, and where you think you can um, help their company or, or their school, uh, you know, be the best. And then after the interview, you know, ask for their, ask for their business card. Um, take that with you and then send that thank you email after the interview too. I just think that's a nice, a nice touch. Um, you know, it's, it's not imperative that that happens, but I just really feel that that's a, that's a nice touch just to reach out and email the person uh, that you've interviewed with. Everybody likes to thank you. Mm-hmm. And it's good, it's good manners. What words of advice do you have for the person who doesn't feel the interview is going so well? Hmm. I guess maybe ask, um, ask some questions. Um, you know, ask, you know, what, what, what are you looking for? I think that's a great, a great question to tell, um, new grads or, or someone who's in that transition phase, you know, please tell me, um, what do I need to do? I mean, for example, I did interview, um, a girl who was coming, um, to interview at the hospital and she was very honest and said, um, you know, I did my internship, but in my internship, my um, mentor did not really allow me to do the bedside swallow about. She let me do the screens, and she was there for me with the screens, but she didn't allow me to do them. She let me watch, and she just admitted, I don't feel like I have the skills um, to do them on my own. And she said, oh, I wish I maybe spoke up, you know, during my internship a little bit more, but she said, I really have not done one. And, and honestly, I was very glad that she told me that because I had to say, you know, wow, that's probably about 80 to 90% of our evals every day are, you know, doing swallowing evals and doing, um, 
modified barium swallows. So I advise her maybe go get a job, you know, in a skilled nursing facility and get that, you know, get that experience working with dysphagia and with dysphagic uh, patients. Um, because I, I just told her if we were to hire you, it would be like you were a brand, like a student fresh out of, you know, taking your coursework. And I said, if we hire you, we have a great training process for, of a few weeks, but you know, we're, we're going to expect that you can just go and, and run with it. So, um, and she really thanked me and said, well, thank you for that. Cause honestly, I didn't, I didn't think of that. And so I, I do think she did go get a job in a SIF. She was working in the schools at that time and said, I really want to get, um, you know, in the medical setting and working with adults. So that's what I advised her to do. Yeah. Right. There are speech pathologists who do want to make the shift, who do start off in the schools because that's what they can find and want to transition into the medical setting. What words of advice do you have for them? Well, I would, uh, I would say, you know, just be ready that you may have to just take a per diem or a part-time job. You know, even though you're really looking for that full-time position, you might have to piece together a few um, per diem jobs or two part-time jobs um, because oftentimes, you know, if you really um, shine and are, you know, just a fantastic speech pathologist, uh, you know, that job at some point will probably turn into a full-time job and then you, you will, you will get that, but just be ready to do that. Um, you know, offer that, I, you know, I will work weekends. I, you know, I can come in, I can work, you know, three to seven to catch those, you know, late evaluations that come in, in the hospital, you know, you'll work holidays, just, um, let the interviewer know that, you know, I'll, I'll just do whatever, whatever it takes, you know, to, to get a job here. So just really try to sell that. And, and look for those opportunities. Step yeah. in when they're there, there, prepare for them, and then follow those rabbit trails and see where they go. Absolutely. Tell us a point um, in time where you felt like you just really made an impact in somebody's life as a speech pathologist. Mm. I think... It's uh, the, one of the most rewarding things is when you have a patient that is NPO, which, um, you know, means that you are not eating, you know, by mouth and you do that modified barium swallow and find that they have made improvements and you are able to put them, you know, on a diet and discuss that with them and then, you know, speak to the family or the the friends or the caregivers and um, just, you know, talk about them um, eating again. I just think that's one of the most rewarding things that we do. I would agree. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite resource you'd like to share with us? A go-to mm. thing that you listen to, watch to, look up? Well, um, I really like the Medical SLP Collective. Um I find that they just are, they are just a wealth of knowledge and I, I do invite all, you know, new, new grads or CF, um, to join, um, the collective. Uh, I just think it, it, like I said, it just, um, answers so many, so many questions and it's just such a great resource and just offers so much, um, for, you know, for new, new grads or for seasoned SLPs. 
Mm-hmm. There's a big need out there. That's why I started my website just for people to make that transition between school and actually stepping into the medical center or stepping into their careers and bridging that gap between what they know and how to apply it. So those resources are so important and they're so out there. Absolutely. And honestly, your podcast, The Missing Link, I've been listening to a bunch of the podcasts, you know, in the last couple of weeks. And um, I think like we discussed earlier, I wish I had that, you know, I've been out of, you know, school for about 25 years now, and there was nothing, nothing like that. And I just think surrounding yourself uh, with other like-minded speech pathologists is just fantastic. And the resources out there are great, but I I just think what you're doing is just fantastic for for new grads or for you know transitioning speech pathologists. Thank you. Thank you. It's nice to have a community when you leave graduate school to go join again. And just like you said, other speech pathologists who are wherever they're at in their journey, they're with you and you're sharing those resources and you're asking and those questions, finding those answers. And keeping that passion alive. Just like when we started, I asked you, why do you do what you do? And where's your passion? And you told me. And it's keeping that, that fire alive, that burn alive, which is, which is great. Because that helps us really, um, really live the art of being a speech pathologist rather than just the skill side of it. I agree. Well, thank you so much for your time today. This has been fun. Well, thank you. It was so nice to chat. And I really hope that this, you know, reaches, you know, those the new grads or CFs or, you know, like we spoke about even the transitioning speech pathologists and, mm-hmm. um, you know, gives them a little bit of tidbits of information. And even if, you know, take away a few things, I really hope that it's, that it's helpful and, um, Again, I just think it's it's great what you're doing and so happy that that they have this this research uh, resource. I hope today's conversation has created some aha moments for you and motivated you to become a better SLP continuing to connect some of those missing links between what you know and how to use that knowledge. Thank you for downloading the missing link for SLP's podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, I'd love you to subscribe, rate it, and leave a short review. Also, please share an episode with a friend. Together, we can raise awareness and help more SLPs find and connect those missing links and get the information needed to help them feel confident in their patient care every step of the way. Follow me on Instagram and join the Fresh SLP community on Facebook. Show notes are always available, so come learn more at freshslp.com. Let's make those connections. You got this.